Ready to go to law school? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That part's really loud in my headphones. Yeah. Are you still liking your choice there? <laughs> I do like it. I do. And I actually got a couple of feedback from people saying that they loved it. So, you know. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> well, here we are again, Joe. How does it feel to be an internet celebrity? Oh, yeah. We are what? What? This is going to be episode five. That's pretty cool, right. dude. Five. We're yeah. on a roll. We are. We got a streak going. We are. Neither of so us kind of were, we, we were ready to axe it today, but we're like, nope, we got to jump on here. We got to get the ball rolling. We cannot leave our, our, leave our listeners behind. We yes. are here for you. Don't you all yes, feel we, special? Yes. And, and to show that, we are taking on a topic that I was reluctant to do. Yes. I was like, eh, you know, not the, not the most exciting thing to talk about on a, Nice evening, like like, yep. like tonight. So let's get all of our disclaimers out and on the table. Greg and I are not lawyers, so please do not take this at face value. And if you feel that you need uh, more uh, information, definitely consult an actual lawyer, probably one that's a, from the actual European Union, because me and Greg aren't. So um, please, please make sure that you know that we are not lawyers. This is not official legal advice. This is purely our opinions of what we've read about GDPR over the last week or so. And as you know, everything you read on the internet is 100% accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. Not true, everyone. Legal advice. Legal advice. Disclaimer. Yes. Yes. Oh, I was going to totally like download like a disclaimer, like whoop, 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 disclaimer, disclaimer, like legal alert thing. I totally forgot I was going to do that for this episode. Oh, well, there we go. I just had it. Whoop, Uh, whoop, 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 legal alert, right? We're not lawyers. Homemade one. Yeah. Homemade one. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So you failed to to say what the actual topic is today. Oh, well, yeah. So we're going to be talking about the lovely European Union and the new GDPR law that was recently passed um, and kind of how it affects the common, you know, small business rapid weaver user. Um, You know, obviously there, this thing is huge. Um, I did read through a summary of, there are 99 articles and I read a summary. Someone like wrote a plain English version of it. I read the whole thing. It was, it was tough to get through, but, um, I did read the whole thing. Um, at least the plain English version, this guy's version of it, right? I didn't read the official version. Um, but, uh, it is big. We only have, you know, 30 minutes tops on this podcast. So, um, yeah, we're not going to be able to cover the ins and outs of everything, but I think we can kind of give everyone a basic gist of kind of the overview and how it affects them and how it doesn't affect them, which is probably going to be most of of this, right? Um, I think a lot of this is common yeah. sense. Yeah, I feel like I started to go through this, and, I, and first off, it's a massive undertaking and almost kudos for pulling something like this off and getting it passed through and negotiating something this large, you know, it's kind of like props in itself in this day and age. Right. <laughs> um, but just, just reading through some of these things and I can understand why people are so afraid and rapid weaver users are getting so intimidated by it. It's just because it seems to be targeted at 
companies that do data mining for a living, you know, those companies that aggregate and sell user users and and their personal information for profit. And I got to the point going through some of these websites and some some of these tutorials and comments on it and it just hit me that this isn't as scary. People building Rapid Weaver sites aren't in these businesses, you know, and I think being compliant in a rapid weaver site, it boils down to some pretty basic changes that almost everybody can do. I don't I don't think it's as a as scary and it's gonna be as challenging as a lot of people kind of make it out to be. Sure. I mean reading through it, it definitely has a complete thing of like you know, politicians thinking they understand technology and trying to write laws for them. Um, a little off topic, but I read this thing on GitHub as on their, on their blog right now. They just posted it uh, about a week ago, how the EU is trying to pass another law that requires platforms to filter uploaded content. That includes like, so like for GitHub's perspective, you know, it would be GitHub's responsibility to make sure that any code that was uploaded was not copyrighted and, you know, uh, doesn't violate somebody else's, uh, you know, trademark or copyright or any other thing. That's just ridiculous, right? Um, now, that obviously, that's more ridiculous than I think this GDPR thing is. Um, but on the flip side, I, so I've talked to a lot of, you know, Rapid Uber customers um, about this, uh, primarily ones from the UK and uh, Germany and whatnot. So members of the EU, at le- well, at least currently Brexit. Um, and a lot of this, you know, a lot of them are taking it kind of like how the cookie law came out um, a few years ago and how something like this, and it, this really is true, is completely impossible to manage from an EU perspective, right? I mean, there's millions of websites. There's no way that they could they could police this. Um, it really is impossible. So it's, it's mostly just, I think this is just a guideline of, um, you know, common practices that they they feel that every business and website should um have for their end users but as of right now it really is impossible um especially for people outside of the eu for the eu governing bodies to to regulate it's just really impossible not to saying that you shouldn't try to follow it but um i think the the threats that and the, the scare tactics that people are falling for are just um completely insane yeah, I, I I tend to agree. And what I'll end up sharing in the show notes is probably I'll probably share one or two articles that kind of like put the tipping point for me for just having the realization that, you know, I don't even feel like I fall in far violation of what they're looking to, for us to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think I'll make the changes because I want to be welcoming to our EU friends. So I'll make a few changes to my website, in particular my contact forms, just so you know I show that in good faith that I'm doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and we should probably go into some of those details, huh? Sure. Uh, how how you want to tackle this? this, huh? Are you going to make changes to your website? You think? Um, yeah, I'll definitely make some, um, you know, some of the simple ones like, uh, you know, the contact form, you could just, you know, add a couple more fields to, you know, regulate that. Um, I'll, I'll definitely take a lot of this into perspective. Um, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, 
um, how far to go with it yet. Um, you know, cause I integrate with things like PayPal. So I, I, am I responsible for what PayPal does and what data PayPal has? You yeah, know, see, I'm, at that point, I'm kind of like, you know, okay, here you have to contact PayPal for that stuff, but you know, stuff that I can manage because it's like, I'm, you know, I run analytics, right? Google analytics or you yeah. run PWIC analytics, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, um, I'm not going to be responsible for their stuff. They have their own tools to do this. They've been working on yep. supporting this. Yeah. So. Well, technically, like analytics doesn't log any personal data that could be, uh, I guess we're kind of jumping into it, right? But, um, you know, any data that can be directly referenced to an exact individual. Right. But my point being is that these companies, these services, their responsibility, my company, my services, yeah. my responsibility. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, about contact form changes, and that's probably the first thing that I'm going to do. And I th it seems to be as simple as a checkbox, a checkbox, right? That's all you need mm -hmm. to do. That's required for the, for the user to check, to authorize consent, to, you know, collect their information, to follow up with them. Yes. Well, uh, one thing is, is it necessarily, so if you're not actually collecting and storing that data that's in the contact form, right? Um, is that actually required? Like, so if, if that contact form never actually gets submitted to into a database, let's say, uh, then does that, do you actually need that sort of consent? Because if it's like, just like a customer support thing where someone's emailing me, I'm not storing their information. Um, it's just a way for me to reply back to them. Well, I mean, you kind of are storing it, right? It, it goes into a server. You're, it's in your inbox somewhere, right? I mean, me, I am a little different because I am actually storing that into a ticketing system. Yeah. And that ticketing system is something that I, I own and operate. So mm. in good faith, I'm going to definitely do that. I'm going to add a little checkbox to my forms that say, you know, I consent to having, you know, my name and email address just so that, you know, when I'm following up. Mm -hmm. For the rapid weaver general who don't have that kind of a database back in their website um to be honest i would err on the safe side because you know if you're running if you're sending it off if you think of your inbox as a database mm -hmm. you know can they can they classify your inbox as a database at that point yeah but that point <laughs> isn't it you know you have to have a consent box for anyone to send an email to anybody you know, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand where you're like, going at. I'm just playing, trying to play devil's advocate, advocate here. Yeah. Um, no, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. So just so I, this, um, this one website that I brought up, um, uh, is I'm going to put it in the show notes. It is the GDPR in plain English. Um, it, he kind of broke it down into various sections. And the first section, uh, I thought was really good. It's like, um, Basically, the first section of GDPR is, is who does this apply to, right? So obviously, this, this applies to EU citizens, okay? Um, but also applies to... Um, now, the big question even I had is, well, I'm not a member of the EU, so why do I have to follow this, right? Well, the basic premise behind it is, if you're doing business with EU customers, um, it's nice to do it on their behalf, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's... It is basically impossible for them to come after me personally um, because I am not in the EU, but it's it's basically like, hey, you know, I need to provide this as a um, something that's nice to have for my EU citizens that, that are customers, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. is, is that kind of how you've, you've, uh, you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely just, you know, being progressive and forward thinking about it and definitely want to be welcoming and, and, you know, humble to those, those, you know, our, mm-hmm. our customers in the EU, you know, I don't want to turn them off because I don't want to support their language or their, mm-hmm. you know, their culture, their, in this case, laws. Yeah. So and, yeah, definitely. And kind of what data does this um, apply to? Um, I, you know, I think we kind of cover this It's obviously databases, but it's like any sort of data file or database that contains any sort of identifying way to identify a specific individual. So um, that is definitely a name and an email address or an actual physical address or, you know, things of that nature. So any way that you can identify a particular person, um, that is the type of data that this is uh, targeting. Right. Correct. Correct. So, you know, I was thinking about this and you could definitely do this checkbox approach, required checkbox approach on the built-in rapid weave reforms. Uh, contact form you know i was thinking about oh i got you know i got worried for a second making sure forms plus support this i'm like yeah you could do this in forms plus mm-hmm. and then if you had another a contact form that saved to a database like forms plus does and stuff um it gets a little tricky and that's when that's when if somebody asks you hey you know purge all the information about me um if you know you're using forms plus or you're using another contact form that saves to a database, you know, that's when you're going to be required to go into the database, find all submissions from that user and go in and delete them. Yes. Now you don't, it doesn't require that you have an automated way to do that. It just says that you have to be able to do that. Right. So, um, you know, again, with foundation form, same thing, you could just add a checkbox to your form. You can mark it. So that checkbox is required. And if the user doesn't check that box, the form won't submit. Right. So, um, can, you know, can, can foundations form save to a database? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't aware. Yep. Yeah. I can save to a database. It doesn't do all the, the cool. auto database management like forms plus does, but, um, if you just create the forms and then you just map all the fields in the database map directly to individual, you know, form items. So every name of the, uh, column matches the name of the, in the field, in the form, and you're good to go. Cool. Cool. Not to get sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, how do we implement GDBR? I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, I'm just kind of going through what this article has. And yeah, so the the link that I want to share in the show notes is actually a blog post from a WordPress contact form plugin. And mm. I thought it was a great resource for this because they outline the things that you need to make changes for and you know going back we we talked about the checkbox the required checkbox and then we talked about the database stuff you know mm-hmm. attitude that on that is definitely do it manually you yep. know most web hosts in, uh, including chili dog have a tool called php my admin mm-hmm. which gives you a web-based ui to run uh, mysql queries on and you know in the last episode we talked about mac apps we talked about SQL Pro, another great tool to search and use your database remotely. Um, so in this Ninja Forms, you know, they go on to talk about that. They talk about how to search and manage your database like that. And they talk about one other thing that's very important is a privacy policy and having 
a good privacy policy will help kind of solidify that. So I actually have another link on um, the privacy policy company that I use. It, they have a free version and they have another paid version that's $27 a year per site. But the nice thing is that you can just click on the services that you use. Like I have a contact form on my site. It collects your name, it collects your address, it collects your telephone number, whatever. And it'll build a nice looking contact uh, privacy policy for that. And you could just embed that right into your site. And so I'll share that with users. It's called, cool. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's called um, I Embedda. I Embedda. You Embedda. Okay. I'll share it. It's, pre it's pretty cool. Um, so that, that's it's a, just going through this, it's just one, it seems like an overwhelming amount of stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be that terrible. Yeah. Obviously, I think other parts of the bill actually require that, you know, if you are collecting data, it's, you know, encrypted. So that means HTTPS, right? So um, effectively, sure. this is recommending that sure. all websites are running on HTTPS, which um, you should be doing anyway, users, right? Um, it's super easy to do. Um, either, you know, go host with Greg or check out Cloudflare, hook that up to your host, makes it really simple to get HTTPS up and running. Um, if you are on a host that is going to try to charge you for that, um, you need to bail ship because HTTPS should be free everywhere. Okay. So do not, I hope you are not paying for any sort of SSL certificates. Uh, cause I know some hosts are still doing that and they're probably trying to charge you an arm and a leg. Right. Um, yes, yes, they do. Yep. Yes, they if do. you are storing data in a database, um, make sure that that data at rest is encrypted. I believe that's part of the GDPR as well. Um, if you're using MySQL, that is a feature of MySQL as well. Well, well, one thing on that, on that Joe, is that data at rest is really around the HIP, like HIPAA compliance. Yes. So if you're not storing HIPAA compliance or you're not storing credit card information or stuff mm -hmm. like that, then you're probably okay. Oh, okay. So you don't really have to worry about, you're not storing like health information, you know, storing, if, if you're doing credit card stuff, I hope you're using a payment processor that's PCI compliant, like Stripe and PayPal. And yep. hope not users aren't storing credit cards like that. Um, on a shared host, you're doing that kind of stuff would be very, very, uh, I, I would strongly discourage it. Sure. In a shared hosting environment, storing this kind of stuff. Another part with collecting data is, I believe you have to actually track where you received that data from. So you have to know, um, you have to be able to prove, you know, um, where you got that consent, where the user actually subscribed to your list or where they, you know, sent that is a lot of, if you only have a single contact form on your website, that's probably gonna be really easy, but, um, you know, there are ways to do that. Um, like for example, I have my post office stack that integrates with Greg's email service and, um, I'm going to be shipping out an update that will actually send and submit along with the correct, uh, with the request. Uh, the exact location and URL from where that was submitted, right? So um, definitely possible. Um, yeah. So, you know, just know you have to be able to prove where that, you know, submission came from. Again, it's going to be really easy if you only have one contact form on your page or something like that. You can prove that pretty darn easily. But um, if you are worried about that, then uh, that's a solution. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. We just talked about that the other day. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's not just the location I should I should mention. It's also the user's location, not just the web location of where the contact form was. So, you know, if you're putting in a contact form, you need 
the visitor's IP address, yes. most likely, um, so that they they can verify that. And you know, since you started talking about newsletters, you should definitely reach out. To most you know most providers are probably already ahead of the game on this. Mail if you use Mailchimp or or Mad Mimi or, mm-hmm. or if you use Chili Dog. It's all supported already. If you're unsure, definitely reach out because you have about a month and a half or so before this law be, this law goes into effect, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, awesome. What else do you think about? What else do you think about this law? You think it's you think it's gonna have teeth? Uh, I I think you know it's just because you know the, the deadline is coming up and uh, people yeah. are stressing out about it. That, but in the long run, it'll just kind of like be like the cookie law, where um people are just it's just gonna be it's just gonna be there, right? We'll have um you know form options for us to uh, to add to our forms, and uh, people will just forget about it, you know. Um, you know, just like the cookie law, yeah, people put the little banners up on their website. It just becomes a new thing, right? Where um, now we just have an extra text checkbox on our forms, so to consent, right? So, so we got ad block, we got cookie law block, and now we're gonna have <laughs> all these notices to block when you load, load your pages. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess my, I guess my summary is have a good privacy policy. Add a consent checkbox that's required on your contact forms. If you're saving things to a database, make sure you know how to go into that database manually. It's you know if it's not if it I don't imagine this is something that's going to happen often. So automating something that's not going to happen very often doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, do it do it when it becomes a problem. That's my philosophy. Um, so make sure you can go into the database and search for all users that might request it and, you know, make sure you know how to delete them and, uh, you know, get back to your running your business and, and, you know, making, making websites. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think you summed it up nicely. Um, not really much else to say. I, I think we, we covered everything. I don't think we've, uh, we've really left much out. There's a bunch of other boring parts of the law that really don't pertain to us. Like, you know, um, you know what the governing bodies need to do to you know, you know make sure that all this happens and and you know each represented each country in the EU has its own representative for it and so on and so forth but yeah it's all boring stuff um yeah gdpr it's it's kind of common common sense mostly uh stuff that a lot of us were doing anyway or we were going to be doing anyway right https making sure that uh you know we're not giving out our customer data to everybody um like some worldwide apps are doing right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> All right. Very okay. Good. Cool. So hopefully, hopefully, no. Hopefully, rapid reviewers are a little less scared and a little, a little more comfortable with what they're doing. Yep. Cool. Well, I don't want to bore anyone else again uh, with this podcast. So uh, we are done with GDPR. We're our next podcast is going to be exciting. It's going to be about images, and we got other ones coming up. Um, so if you have any questions about this podcast or any others, send us an email at feedback at rapid weave. I'm sorry, feedback at weaverradio.com. <laughs> <laughs> that is feedback at weaverradio.com again. Um, you can also post questions on our space over at Weaver Space. And um, yeah, 
Thanks, Greg. To get a hold, oh, to get a hold Thank of us, you. or a hold of us, I am at Joe Workman on Twitter. I'm on Weaver Space. Um, and Greg, you are? I am on Twitter at Chili Dog Host. I am on Weaver Space. And of course, the forums at Barshard, my last name. So, you know, hit me up, ask me questions, send us, send us that email. And look forward to hearing from everybody. Cool. Five-star reviews on iTunes, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye. Later.